the first thing is you really have to know what it is that you're offering, whether you're a service-based business or a product-based business, what, what is it that you're offering? And be very clear about it, not just to yourself, but figure out how you can be clear to others. You know, how can you explain in 10 seconds or less what it is you do or what it is your product does? So that's, that's the first piece. And you need that before you can go anywhere. Then you have to figure out, well, so I have this service or I have this product. Who is it for? And what problem do they have that I'm solving with my service or product? Welcome to the Women Choosing Growth Podcast, where we feature inspiring stories of success, challenges of growth, and lessons learned from women entrepreneurs, industry experts, and thought leaders who have been through the growing pains inevitable as an entrepreneur. Whether you are just getting started or are looking to scale up your business, our show is designed to provide you with the tools, resources, and community you need to grow your business. Join your host, Tina Sue, a lifelong entrepreneur and business growth advisor, as we explore topics such as marketing, sales, finance, leadership, and personal growth, all tailored specifically to the needs of women entrepreneurs. So if you're ready to grow your business faster and smarter, then this podcast is for you. Thanks for tuning in and let's get started. Today's guest is Eden Spodek, founder of Spodek & Co. Eden is an award-winning integrated communications strategist with more than 30 years of experience on both the client and agency sides including the well-known company Fleshman Hillard. Eden launched her entrepreneur journey in 2010 with the digital marketing business known today across all of North America. She focuses on helping clients create memorable online brands and grows their business. She has created her brand so well that in 2013, she was approached by the University of Toronto to co-create and teach a program in communications management and social media marketing. Today, she shares her journey of starting and growing her business, but also shares six steps to crafting your brand's compelling story. She explains that a business does not just craft its marketing once, but rather revisits it frequently. Regardless of where you're at in your entrepreneur journey, you will want to hear what she has to say about telling your brand story. Welcome to another episode. As with all of our episodes, our goal is for you to be able to learn from other successful women and their journeys. Today, you'll not only learn from our guest's journey, but she is sharing her expertise that everyone should be listening to because every business owner has a brand. Every business owner needs to be able to tell their brand story in a way that draws in their ideal customers. This is going to be a powerful and educational episode. So grab some paper, be ready to take some notes, or just grab her website and call Eden after. Welcome, Eden. Hi, Tina. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Hi, everybody. I really, truly mean that, that your journey has been amazing. We met in 2019. I looked it up this morning. It wasn't before. (laughs) I thought it was earlier than that. Wow. It was the beginning. It was March of 2019. So well before the pandemic. But yeah, it's been a few years. So I consider you a brilliant businesswoman, but also a dear friend. Thank you so much. And likewise, and I have to give big credit where credit's due. 
and say, if it wasn't for you prior to the lockdowns that began across North America, I don't know if we'd be here talking about my business today. So well, thank, thank you. you very much. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't part of what we were going to share today, but I do appreciate that. Yeah. So you you were already very well established, just like most of our listeners in that growth mode. And um, that's where we started our journey together. Let me ask you this. like, Why did you even start the business in the first place? Uh, I think part of it was I was raised with an entrepreneurial spirit. But I always felt like even though I brought some of that to the work I was doing, I felt like I didn't have enough control. Not that I'm a control freak or anything. I just have enough control over my own destiny my work day, the work process, the thinking processes. And it was really challenging to focus and it was challenging to do the kinds of things I enjoyed doing. And, you know, when you go on your own, yes, you know, you learn not everything is going to come to you so easily and you've got to work hard for the opportunities. But at the same time, you can pick and choose more about how you want to work who you want to work with. And I was able actually to create a framework where I was more disciplined working for myself than I think I ever was working for anyone else in the years leading up to that. I love that. And that that's not for everyone. So you just painted the picture of where you were before you started your business. Why don't you share like what was your journey? And then we'll we'll go through and dive into some of the expertise that you're going to share with our guests today. Sure. So I'm going to own the title of being a bit of a remote pioneer and say in 2010, in the fall of 2010, when I started my own business, I was remote. And I have been remote and the team has been remote ever since then. Some team members live within close vicinity to me by coincidence, not by design. And so we have worked face to face sometimes and other ones who aren't that far away, you know, maybe a couple hours drive, we've met in person. But for the most part, we run day in day out remotely. So, you know, that's been a, a blessing. I think the other thing is when I went out on my own, I knew I was going into a service business. Everything was dependent on my, me investing the time to get work done. And my husband and I were both risk adverse, but I was also very unhappy in, in the work situation that I had. Not, not because of the, the type of work or the people I was working with. It just wasn't, I felt like I was around peg trying to be fit into a square hole or the other way around. And I was in a company that went through a few different mergers and, and cultural shifts in a very short period of time. And where we landed wasn't really the best fit for me. So what I did was I basically made a commitment to my husband that I'll go out on my own and I'm going to promise from day one to earn from a net income perspective exactly what I was earning before to start. So I like that goal. Well, and that that's what gave me a framework for the amount of minimum hours that I knew I was going to work because I was basically selling my time to clients. And I was really fortunate. You could have started just about any business. Why did you start Spodek & Co? Well, I came out of a background in communications and marketing. And I've been doing that for, I don't want to say how long, but a long, a long time pre-digital, pre-social media. And in 1995, when I had my first son, I it was when email and the internet were becoming a big thing. And I was really intrigued. And I was on maternity leave. And I was 
you know, getting the internet set up in the house and finding online communities for parenting. And it was mostly just searching and looking for things to read and you could leave messages on message boards. It was nothing like what we know today. And I really got into it. And when I went back to that job, I said, I really want to get us going. We need to make a website. We need to do this. We need to do that. And I was working for a small business. And the woman I worked for said, okay, great, go ahead and do it. So she let me build that part of the business and then built myself out of the business into new opportunities so that I could learn, share and grow. And eventually, I want to do it for myself. So that's how I got to where I am today. And it's just a matter of constantly learning and growing on the inside and making sure that I hired people to join me who also are curious. They're very hardworking. We share a similar work ethic. We share similar values. We have similar vision in terms of who we want to work with. And I also wanted to create a space where although I knew I was going to work full time, that people who had other responsibilities could work without having limitations about the number of hours they had to work when they had to work. So one of your expertise that you're going to share today is really talking about that brand and in this story. That is really, I, I feel knowing you um, and the in the clients that you've worked with, which we shared some of those through Cultivate. So I got to see firsthand what you're helping them with. Can you share what problem you're solving as Spodek and Co with your clients? What are you doing for them? I think the biggest piece is we're helping them communicate primarily online with their customers and building uh, that emotional connection with their customers or their clients so that they can communicate what their business is, what the problems are that they're solving, and why their customers or clients should work with them. So that that's where the storytelling piece comes in for the brands. We do other things as well, but you you really need to have that foundation before we can do any other marketing or paid media or, or web development for you. You know, you have to have your story, you have to have your elevator pitch. So there's two types of people listening right now. Those that are just maybe getting started or have a solopreneur type business and that now they want to take it to the next level and they're just getting into being more clear on who their ideal customer is. And then there's the one who is like, oh yeah, I have all those things. I, I'm, I'm online. I have some social media. I have, I have a website and I think I'm clear. What do they need to do in order to be successful and um, like I feel less painful to get clients in the door? <laughs> the first thing is you really have to know what it is that you're offering, whether you're a service-based business or a product-based business. What, what is it that you're offering? And be very clear about it, not just to yourself, but figure out how you can be clear to others. You know, How can you explain in 10 seconds or less what it is you do or what it is your product does? So that's, that's the first piece. And you need that before you can go anywhere. Then you have to figure out, well, so I have this service or I have this product. Who is it for? And what problem do they have that I'm solving with my service or product? That sounds so easy if you're sitting down and having a conversation with someone. However, we're talking digital 
online. You have to do all that in either a couple lines on a social media or a commercial or whatever your uh, platform is. But that seems like a lot to get across in a brief, hey, I have this thing. You should buy it. Here's why. And make it compelling enough for me to go like, oh, yeah, I should. Well, and I think the other thing is you don't necessarily convince or persuade somebody within one message. But it's looking at, uh, or the first time, sorry, they encounter your message, but it's looking at how you can craft a narrative that will help your business stand out, allow your target audience to connect with the brand on a deeper level, knowing you know that what it is that you're offering is something that they need. And if you're going to build a connection with them, an emotional connection, you know, research has shown that consumers are more loyal. And when I say consumers or clients, think about them interchangeably to brands where they feel that emotional connection. Why you need to have that brand narrative is because that's something that should run through all the different types of messaging that you're creating. So sometimes you might be creating a couple lines on a website. Another time it might be a tweet. Maybe it's something really interesting with visuals or video that you put on Instagram or TikTok. Maybe it's a long-form blog post or a use case or a white paper. Maybe you're interviewed in a situation like I'm in right now. And you want to be able to use a consistent narrative in different and creative ways so that whenever people are encountering you, they get that consistent message. They know what it is you're offering. They know what problem it is you're solving for them. And they feel relate that they can relate and there's a connection there. And so, you know, it's more than just that one initial message. Tell me, you know, that elevator pitch. It's the elevator pitch, but all the different touch points that you might have with your ideal audience target. And I would imagine that is the same if one company provides multiple services or a product and a service. There's different problems that that one company could be solving. So you need that brand story for each of those products and or services? Well, it depends on how and whether or not those products or services are related or totally unrelated. Some companies can have very disparate ones. But let's let's go on the assumption that whatever your company's created, it's all connected somehow. So if you have an overarching brand narrative, big picture-wise, you have a certain type of personality, let's say that, you know, and brand values that should be consistent throughout. And the problems you're solving are most likely for the same types of audience. You're either solving problems for the same audience. So it could be different problems, let's say, or, um, and or solving the same problem in slightly different ways for different audiences. So, you know, like, uh, a good example may be that you're creating something for, let's say you're creating a new, I don't know why this is coming to mind, but a, a raise, a shaver for women. Okay. So there's going to be certain attributes for that shaver. And let's say you've got some really cool scientifically proven new kind of blade that is the smoothest, best shave ever. So there's certain features that a woman's going to look for, most likely, that are going to be different for what a man is going to look for in a razor. So 
you know, you're still the same company with the same values. You're solving your customers' problems, but they may have different problems. So it's being able to adjust that message to adjust the different uh, audience targets as well. But there is consistency that runs throughout. Yeah, I think that's great because it's not just, oh, we have this fancy technology or this fancy new blade and, you know, here's the problem it solves from a shaving standpoint that the the online presence, the online message for a woman is going to be or should be very different than a man's problem when it comes to shaving. And whatever your message is online, it should be consistent with what it is offline as well. And you should be able to explain it quickly to somebody who asks you, you know, I'm sitting, hum and ha, well, this is who we're doing it. This is who we're doing it for. I don't know about you, but a lot of the time I'll meet a new um, entrepreneur or somebody who's looking to launch a business. And they still haven't clarified in their mind what it is that they're doing. Or solving. Or solving. And until you do that, like you really need to know what the purpose of your brand is, what the purpose of the product or or services that you're offering. You really need to know why does it exist? And the the WIFM, right? I've I've said that so many times. If I had a nickel for every time, right? It's what's the it WIFM. What's in it for me? Um, but it's really what's in it for the the customer who you're trying to sell to. Well, they're they need to know what again what problem you're solving, your product or service is solving for them. So that's for someone who's just starting and really getting a clear mindset. What would you say? Is, is it the same for someone who's been established and is thinking right now like, yeah, I'm totally cool on my brand, I think. Um, I, I've got a website and all the things, so I, I, I'm okay. Are you an accomplished woman business owner with a story to tell? Do you crave a platform where you can share your journey, the good, the bad, and the ugly? Hey, everyone, it's Tina here. If you're fans of the show, then you know we are a show that celebrates the strengths and resilience of women entrepreneurs just like you. As we're getting this podcasting community going, I thought it would be fitting to extend an invitation to apply to join me as a guest on our Top 100 podcast platform. I started Women Choosing Growth because I believe that real growth happens when we come together and share our expertise and our experiences. We want to hear your inspiring stories, the challenges you face, and the lessons you've learned on your entrepreneur journey. Whether you've triumphed over adversity or faced setbacks head on, your story has the power to inspire and empower other women just like you. This platform is for you to showcase your achievements, highlight your expertise, and create meaningful connections within our community. So if you're a fearless woman business owner, unafraid to open up about your path to success, we want you on our show. Go to www.womenchoosinggrowth.com and join our community. From there, you'll be given the chance to fill out the short application. If you believe that you have a story to share, then why not? Once again, it's www.womenchoosinggrowth.com. I can't wait to feature more amazing and talented women in this community. Now, back to the show. Well, I think I, I if you remember, just before we, we hit the record button, I was telling you, we are currently reevaluating and doing this for ourselves right now. We know the problems we're solving, but we want to get even sharper. 
we want to laser focus on what we have identified as our ideal client. Uh, we had done that in an exercise even you and I had done prior to the pandemic. We had said, okay, you know, let's focus on these three verticals. And what happened? All heck went loose in a handbag. <laughs> and we were in lockdown mode and people didn't know if they'd survive. And we said, forget that. We'll take whatever business we can get. Well, now, you know, we've done a lot of morphing and pivoting and changing throughout that time. And now we're saying, okay, these are the types of businesses we want to work with. These are the sizes. We've done some things like put things out there, for example, publishing our values and being able to attract clients with similar values. But back to my point, we are a company that's been well established and we're reevaluating what service are we offering? What is our message? How do we refresh and renew our message? How do we do it in such a way that it speaks to our new target audience? We have very strong values. That's going to come across as well. You know, it's going to be why do people want to work with you? Some people want to work with other women-owned businesses. That actually carries a lot of weight in a lot of places. We have a no, I'm trying to say this in a politically correct, non-offensive way, no BS no toxicity rule. We don't want to work with clients, you know, that are toxic. And I think we've all seen a lot of that, especially in the last couple of years or two to three years where mental health in the workplace has become a much bigger concern. And we want to work with people who respect and want to partner with us. So all that's going to come into our messaging. Was that what we had at day one? No. Was that critical to selling our product or services? No. But, you know, 12 years in, we're saying, or our messaging is probably six or seven years old now. It's like, okay, this isn't working for us now. We want to do better. Sure, the, the world is evolving. So you need to evolve with it. Well, and we have, you know, we have, but we haven't done enough in terms of our overall brand story because we're like the shoemaker's child. You know, As is most entrepreneurs. Eden, I've said it to you before. That is very common. Yeah. <laughs> excellent. Excellent at delivering products and services, except for when it comes to themselves. So you're, you're not different on that. Exactly. Exactly. So is there a time when, when would someone, is it X number of years you should be relooking at your messaging? Is there a, is there a trigger point when a business owner would be like, Hmm, this is, this must be when I need to look at my branding. Like how would someone know if they need to revisit this? Well, it's first, are you even bringing clients in anymore? Are those clients ideal? Are they clients you want to work with? Um, have you changed the way that you're delivering service? You know, have your service offerings changed? Have they grown? Have they uh, tightened up? Are they broader? Do you have more diversity in the types of services you can offer? Are you solving different problems? And it, is your messaging reflective of that? So for example, we, I mentioned earlier, we started remotely in 2010. We've been remote for 13 years since day one. Our website talks about it, but in 2023, who really cares? Because most businesses, whether they are operating entirely remotely today or not, it's something the pandemic forced businesses to adopt. So it's stale language on our site. So if you know that your messaging is inconsistent with the products or services you're offering, you know it's time to make that change. If you know you're not attracting your ideal clients, it's time to make that change. 
if you feel as we did that our values were very important and that we had consistent values in the organization, but we weren't talking about it. Well, we started to do that and, and guess what? We started attracting businesses that had similar values to us. So, you know, there can be a variety of different reasons. You can just feel the state. Your message is stale and it's time for a change. But what you still have to remember is that at its core, your business is still your business. I would like to think that if it's the same business, you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. You don't want to lose those clients or customers that you have unless you do. But for the most part, you want to keep them as you're building. So, you know, you look at the personality of your brand and hopefully it's not going to change too much, but the messages that evolve will be different. You know, maybe you're solving different problems and it has to, and your brand has to evolve over time. So you may not even be starting from scratch, but you might be saying we've changed a lot. I think the essence, for example, in our case, the essence of what Spodek and Co is and does isn't going to change. How we communicate it will. Um, some of our messaging will because the time's changed. I like that too. Schedule some time. Because it's so easy to get your head down in the day-to-day and know that your website still says you're super special because you have remote workers, <laughs> which is mm-hmm. not, the, not so super special anymore. Yeah, <laughs> it, it did. It mattered. It totally mattered before. And so, yeah, it's time to you know, reevaluate. What is the picture of someone who doesn't do that? Is it just as simple as like not having the most ideal clients in in your repertoire? Or what would happen if someone just is not really paying attention to their brand story? It's really hard to market your business. Whether you're whether you have a full blown best practice marketing plan or doing something rudimentary, if you can't explain what it is that you're offering to clients and customers, then I don't even, you know, how are you doing your business? How are you able to attract business? Even if you're word of mouth, you know, a lot of our business comes by word of mouth, but I still have to be able, and my team members have to be able, and my website and any other marketing collateral use. Um, and we've been really quiet there right now. So hopefully by the time this comes out, we'll be active again. <laughs> we took a little bit of a, a quiet period. but. If I can't articulate to you what my brand story is, why would you want to do business with me? Well, honestly, as as an advisor, I, I, I've seen a lot of businesses that have been successful that really can't articulate it and they still get customers somehow. So I, I feel like, is it not... Um, it's just like you wouldn't have to work as hard at getting those customers if you were if, if a person was better at Telling their brand story. When I hear about a a really neat new company and they're selling a really interesting product, what I want to do after I learn about the product or the service is I want to find out who's behind it. What made them decide to offer this product? Who are the people behind it? You know, who is it for? Am I that right customer? It's just, it's a way, it's, it really goes back to building connections and it's all about human connection and whether you're online or like you said earlier, you know, if you sit me down and take me for coffee, you can explain to me what your business is about, what problems you're solving, why it's of interest to me. There's a lot of other ways to build that rapport and relationship. And I think it boils down to, you know, we're all, we love to be told stories. 
And I don't mean fake stories and made up stories, but we all want to have that connection and understanding of where things are coming from. I like it. I love what you're saying about like, even when you're established as much as Spodek and Co is, you still have to take a step back, pick your head up, get some outside expertise as well, or some input, if you will. So if you had to sum it all up for our listeners, regardless of where they're at on their journey, what would be, what are your like, here's what you need to do from make, to make sure that you're telling a compelling story for their brand? Well, I can put it into six easy steps. For, and the first one is defining, you know, your brand's purpose. You know, why does your brand exist? What problem does it solve? And what values does it add? What value does it add to people's lives? Okay. You so know, answer those three questions. Yep. And that's essentially the WIFM for your customer or client. The next piece is really understanding who your target audience is. So understanding them is crucial to the success of your business or marketing campaign. You've got to know who is your ideal customer. Consider the age, gender, income, education, interests, and other relevant demographics to the product or service that you're offering. We talked a moment ago about different genders preferring to work with same or different genders, depending. Uh, in business, then you can also turn to market research to further identify who your ideal customer is and understand what motivates them. Because you're going to need to know what motivates them when you're producing your story. You know, what is it they care about? Because think about that whiff and what's in it for me. You want to appeal to that. Um, what are their pain points? You can use surveys, you can use focus groups as well, and other online research to gather some data about customer habits and preferences and even their purchasing and decision-making habits. And you can engage with them as well to gain valuable insights. You know, consider having a beta product or service or offer... If you have a new service offering, get a sample client or groups of clients and test it out on them first and see how things go. And that in turn will help your brand story be more effective. And then, you know, take their feedback and incorporate it into your thinking as well. The next step is to craft your brand message. So once you know what your brand's purpose is, you've defined your your target audience, you know your needs, you have a you can start to create that message or craft that message that's going to communicate what it is that your brand is about. And always remember that with them. Always have that with them in mind. The next step becomes a little more fun, and that's where you're going to look at what your brand persona is. You need to to create a personality for your brand. And you want it to reflect how you want your business to be perceived and how you want it to resonate with your audience, with your customers, with your clients. You know, what do they want to know your brand for? Do they want to see it as one of strength? Do they want to see it as one of confidence? You know, you can think of different adjectives. Do they want it do you want it to be thought of as kind, results oriented, purpose driven? You know, these are the types of things. And we went through an exercise ourselves and we've done it with clients before as well on brand stories where we talk about the different adjectives. Like think of, you know, how would you describe your business or the, your service offering as a person? What are the adjectives that you would use to describe that? How do you think your customers or clients would describe it? Where's the overlap? Where are things separate? How can you bring the views together more? The next piece is Step five is to tell your brand story. So here's where you can start to create craft messages for different channels. So when we talk about channels, in person could be 
or some kind of a sale sell sheet or something or a download. Your website messaging could be a blog post. It could be a social media content. It could be an email newsletter. It, you know, a variety of touch points along the way. It could be an advertisement. It could be a poster on a bus shelter. You know, maybe you're, depending on your business, maybe you're sponsoring something at a local community event. But it's, you know, what are those messages? Um, where are you going to tell them? How are you going to tell them? And, um, you know, use those vehicles to showcase your brand's values, mission, and most importantly, the story and the personality, because those are the things that are going to be remembered. And then, you know, over time, going back to kind of the last point, because, okay, now you're established, and I could be established for a year, or I could be established for 10 or 12 or 25 years, you're always going to want to be evaluating evolving and refining your brand story as your business grows and changes. You know, pay close attention to customer feedback, pay close attention to their changing priorities, and adjust your brand story and messaging to stay relevant and engaging for them. Make your brand story relevant to the times we're in because times have changed. And we know in the last several years, we've seen an amazing amount of change, more so than I think we've seen in the previous 10 years in terms of working environment, business environment, human environment, and values. And, uh, you know, so just remember, it's not just about what you're saying from your brand story. It's how you're making your audience feel as well. It's all on those feelings. It is. It's the connection. That was great. Um, I did not write those out down, but thankfully we will have those written down for our audience. Um, for some people... If that's a struggle for them, and I know we've had other episodes and we talk about hiring to your weaknesses. So is what is the trigger if someone's like, that's a lot? Is that the trigger to hire someone like Spodek & Co? Or how much of that do you, would you help a brand with? Okay, so we could help a brand with from basically from square one all the way through. Or it could just be a piece depending on where their, their challenges are. Uh, I think the important thing is, and, and, you know, you being a business advisor, I'm sure telling people this all the time, just because you own the business, just because you know certain things about a business and or you have experience with certain things, one, you can't do everything yourself. So there are things you need to delegate. The other thing, and you know, focus on what you like and what you do well, focus on your strengths and delegate the things that are more challenging to you or you feel are not the best use of your time and bring in others with expertise. I think when it comes to brand story and messaging, it's also really important to hear your voice as the business owner. You know your brand the best, but as a partner with you, we would want to become as immersed in your brand ethos as you are. Um, at the same time, though, we can give the outside view. We can give a view of how your customers, clients, other audiences in the world out there are going to perceive you. And we can help to keep you on track and we can help to make it a less painful exercise for you. I like that you said that because you don't even know we have another episode all about that, about like being able to have an expert knowing a bit about your business, but not in the day to day to be able to have the outside look and be able to show you something or see a different point of view than what the business owner does. So yeah, it's very so, connected. 
Yeah, it's so important. I mean, we, you know, we may have experience and expertise in helping create brand stories as one of the uh, things that we do along the whole um, communications and marketing spectrum. And that's a key piece at the beginning and or repurposing or rebuilding later on. However, it's so important to have those external perspectives. We're not relying on ourselves for everything. We're starting with ourselves. We're doing the exercise because we understand the discipline. We're bringing in third parties to have a look and make sure we're on track. I agree 100%. And that is why I don't do my own editing of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I hear you. But that is not my expertise. So I also hire people for my weaknesses and for the things that I do not enjoy. So, (laughs) you know, and you can have strengths in certain things, but maybe you're just not as quick and there's other things to use your, to better use your strengths. Exactly. Better use of my time. Any last, um, that was a great list. Love it. Any last words of advice for the women listening today? Just do it. Just do it. (laughs) You know, I, I, I'm sure I don't have to tell you this, but how many people have, you know, And I don't hear men talking about this. I don't mean to sound sexist, but I hear a lot of women talking about this. I want to have a business. I'm not ready to go launch yet. I've got a plan. I've got a plan. I've got a plan. And I think, you know, sometimes you just got to trust your gut and get going. Or you can be planning from here till 2035 because you're so worried about having that perfect plan that you don't get anything off the ground. So I think if I can, you know, give, one word of wisdom is just get out there and start and things will evolve as you go and just go with the flow and get help if you need it. There's, you know, Tina and other advisors and coaches out there who will do a great job to help you frame the business and keep it on track once you get going, but just don't get caught up in the weeds. I, yeah, as a business advisor, I'm like, well, have a plan. <laughs> but the day you start, right? I can't be like, don't you? you and you're not saying this, but like, definitely have a plan. But then know that 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 plan doesn't have to be a hundred percent, and the plan's going to change yes. the day after you start anyway. Well, so you have to change the, the plan. Point. <laughs> that's my point. You have to know yes. where you're headed and where you're, where you're coming from and where you're going. I see too many people saying my plan's not perfect yet. I can't go live. No plan is ever perfect. And you're right. That is a compelling last statement for both of us. We're both agreeing. No plan is ever perfect. So. It's kind of like, when is the perfect time to have a child? Or when is the perfect time to do those other big life moments? It's never perfect. No, because you don't know what life's going to throw at you. Exactly. Exactly. Don't get hung up on your plan. I mean, obviously, I had a plan. I told you, you know, at the beginning, I knew what business I was doing. I knew who my first client was. And I knew the type of work I wanted to do. And went from there. Did I have the whole vision planned out then? No. Did I evolve as I went along? Yes. Well, just think about where you are planning your own personal life today versus where, you know, you thought you'd be today 20 years ago. I never thought I'd get through diapers 20 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Now you have grandbabies. (laughs) No, I don't yet. Not yet. No, that'll be a while. But yeah. Thank you, Eden, for your expertise today. Thank you so much for having me, Tina. And thanks again for helping me put together a pre-lockdown plan. See, plans yes. are important. Plans are important. Hopefully we don't have to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, no. Bye-bye. Thanks. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. 
The Woman Choosing Growth Show is not just another podcast. It's a tribe of women helping each other grow. So please share this podcast with all the women entrepreneurs that you would love to see succeed. If you'd like to know more about customized business advising through Cultivate Advisors, download business tools, or sign up for upcoming events, visit www.womenchoosinggrowth.com. Once again, that's www.womenchoosinggrowth.com. Remember, we are in this together. See you on the next one.